0: You are listening to the San Antonio Zen Center Dharma Talks. The San Antonio Zen Center is supported solely by donation, so that everyone can participate in our offerings and programs, regardless of income. If you are able, please consider making a donation to SAZC through the donation button on our site, sanantoniozen.org,
1: or by visiting paypal.me slash Thank you for your practice and enjoy the talk. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good, morning. Good morning. Great
0: to see some new faces here and some faces at home. Hello, everyone.
1: Does everyone feel comfortable Please. if
0: I take my mask
1: mm-hmm. off? Yeah,
0: I know I won't hyperventilate so much. For someone who can't even stand having the covers pulled over her head, the masks are a bit of a challenge sometimes, as they are for everyone. I know. Uh, Hold on a second. I'm going to take a little sip
1: of water. Thank
0: you. Try not to spill it all over the keyboard. (laughs) So in Buddhism, there are five hindrances: desire, ill will, sloth and torpor, restlessness and worry, and doubt. And there are six unwholesome mental factors: greed, hatred, delusion, pride evil views, and doubt. I'm not going to talk about all those things and you don't have to memorize them. Um, but you'll notice that each list ends with doubt. So I've, uh, I have decided to take a deep dive into doubt for this Dharma talk. Um, and think about what doubt really is and how we deal with it in our practice. As you can tell from these lists, doubt is seen as something negative something bad something that we're supposed to overcome um, buddha himself said that doubt is like a bowl of muddy water the mud's all stirred up in it and it keeps us keeps us from seeing into the water or seeing a reflection of herself in the water so it's a it's a, keeps us from seeing our true nature but what is doubt really if you think about it it's I don't know about you, but I have a tendency to keep my doubts pushed into the background. And so there's, all, there's often a kind of a low-level uh, anxiety that is connected with my doubts. But it's really uh, a kind of uncertainty. It's a lack of knowledge, lack of trust, lack of confidence that we know what to do or how to do it. There's something missing that keeps us from moving forward. Um, Think about, and and people don't like to be confronted with doubt. I, I don't like feeling doubt. And I know people don't like to hear about my doubts. If I say, I don't know, if I admit that I have doubt about something and I don't know, there's pushback. I get it from my loved one at home. And if you think about if you love someone and you doubt their love, wow, that that puts you in a very uncomfortable place. Or if you're applying for a job and someone has doubts about your abilities to do the job, that's a big obstacle. So it's not surprising that uh, we confront doubt in Buddhist practice as a, a big obstacle. When it comes to our practice, Um, And we have some folks here who perhaps haven't been meditating long or not too familiar with Buddhism. There are so many doubts that come up so quickly. Um, And I tend to think of them as small doubts or low level doubts, but they are important and they need to be addressed. Just think of the simple questions like, uh, am I sitting correctly? should, Should I lean forward more? Should I try a different way to sit? Um, Why do my legs keep falling asleep? (laughs) Why can't I count from one to 10 and then start over again? You know, is there something wrong with what I'm doing? Uh, Why am I, am I wasting my time? I've been doing this for three weeks and I don't feel any different. You know, I really doubt that this is doing anything for me. And a big one for me was what are my friends, family, loved ones going to think if they see me? Staring at the wall for 30 minutes at a time or walking slowly around the zendo in Kinhin. So, when we do Zen practice, <clears throat> it really takes us, I think, out of our comfort zone physically because there are some requirements that we have of our bodies, the aches and pains, uh, mentally these questions that arise emotionally, emotions come up and we have to deal with them and just culturally, you know, uh, why do we have to bow like Japanese people? Isn't this just cultural appropriation? This is really, uh, am I just trying to be different? There are all kinds of questions like this that come up. So for us, especially when we are new to Zen meditation, how do we deal with this? Well, um, Doubt is one of the six unwholesome mental factors. So it's a mental factor. It's a mind state. And one of our focuses in Zen practice is dealing with mind states. Um, If we go back to the four foundations of mindfulness, we have mindfulness of the body and mindfulness of mind. So when when we can sit in meditation and recognize that a mind state is coming up like doubt, then we can focus on it. We can let it come and let it go. Recognize it and acknowledge it. And then you can just sort of watch what happens. You don't really have to go through a mental process of saying, well, why am I doubting? What am I doubting? Just watch it come and watch it go. It just comes and goes like so many other pictures that we get in our minds. So we make it uh, a part of our practice, part of our meditative practice. Recognize it, pay relaxed attention to it, label it. You can even call it out. Ah, doubt. I see that doubt, that same doubt I had yesterday when I was sitting here. Um, And see how it feels in your body. Then you go to mindfulness of bodies. Maybe it's a feeling in your stomach or a tightness in your your neck and back and shoulders. Um, Just keep breathing, breathe through it and see what happens to it. We can, even though this is not something that uh, we encourage, I mean, we encourage ourselves to go past our reasoning mind, but maybe your reasoning mind can help you deal with your doubts. Um, What happens when doubt arises and how does it play into your life? Aside from your meditative practice, when doubt comes up about, say, taking a new job or moving, um, maybe you need more information about whether or not you should do this. Maybe you need more time to decide whether or not to do this. Maybe this kind of doubt is a good thing. Okay. We would all be buying oceanfront property in Arizona if it weren't for the doubts that come up when we hear somebody mm-hmm. trying to get us to buy it. right? So sometimes it keeps us from doing things that we really shouldn't do. Um, Recognize that there is some effort involved in dealing with your doubt. Intention is important. If you're having doubts about whether you should sit or not, well, form an intention. I'm going to sit for three weeks on a regular basis and i'm going to make a commitment to that and i'm just going to do it without worrying about these doubts without you know just get get past them, just sit and i was thinking about when it comes time to making a commitment like this i thought about what happens if you were playing tennis and you were in a big game a big tournament what happens if you suddenly doubt that you can make a shot you're probably going to miss the shot right if doubt comes up in your ability to do what you're doing on the tennis court or if you're playing an, an instrument if you're in a symphony orchestra and all of a sudden you think oh do i really know this piece of music or not well what's going to happen is probably you know now your mind's on, on doubting it's not on what comes next in the music you're not really paying attention so um, recognize that sitting in a way is like you could say it's like playing an instrument or playing tennis you have to make a commitment to each shot and you have to make a commitment to each uh each note that you're going to play it you can do it and you just go ahead and do it i uh i've played golf for many years although not recently and i have to say that maybe two percent of my Playing golf was without fear. Because I'd get up over that ball and I think, oh God, please let me not slice it into the water or let me not chili dip. That's what happens when you hit the ground too hard and the ball only goes about four feet in front of you. And for a while I took lessons and I did a lot of practicing and I developed
1: confidence in my
0: golf shot. And then it was fun because then I could figure out, okay, what what am I going to do on this shot? You know, What does it need? Uh, I know I can hit it and just go ahead and do it well. My scores fell, Great, mm-hmm. right? right. Uh, and of course, when I stopped getting lessons and stopped playing a lot, my confidence went and if I got out there now, I'd be chilly dipping and hitting everything into the water. But uh, it still is the point that we have to make a commitment, set our intention to make a commitment to sitting. So these are important things to confront, these doubts, even small though they may be. If you don't get past those, you're probably not going to continue with your practice. The next level of doubt that I was thinking of was doubt about uh, Buddhism itself. Doubt about the teachings, doubt about sitting with a group, doubt lack of confidence in the people that I sit with or in the community. This is a lot more serious because if we don't get past it, Mm. um, we're stuck, we're really stuck. So how do we get to be more comfortable with uh, what Buddhism is or what meditation practice is? Well, first of all, I think you have to keep an open mind. Um, you don't have to say, oh yeah, I've only been doing this for three months, but I really believe it. I'm really sure that this is the truth because dogma is probably a bigger obstacle to progress on a spiritual path than doubt. You know, if you believe this is it and you never question it, well, um, it gets stale and you're stuck again. So, keep an open mind. You don't have to understand everything about Buddhism itself to do zazen, to do sitting meditation. You know, there are many kinds of meditation. Uh, maybe the Buddhist path is not for you, you find out. Um, and you can be uncertain about parts of your practice. Well, you know, when I first started uh, meditating in the Buddhist path, It was at a a temple in Houston, Texas, a Buddhist temple, Chinese Buddhist temple. And I really felt that this was a place I belonged, but the bowing really uh, got me stuck. You know, why am I bowing? Who am I bowing to? What's this about? And so part of what I was hearing, I was really into, and part of it just really put me off. But I didn't have to swallow all that, you know. I didn't have to say, "Oh yeah, bowing is great." I could keep a skeptical mind about bowing, and now I just bow. Um, don't try to commit without thorough investigation. You know, Dogen Zenji, Master Dogen, is the twelfth, thirteenth century Japanese teacher that we, uh, that uh, Soto Zen is based in. And I remember from reading his words how often he would use phrases like reflect, investigate, examine, and look deeply. And I think that reflects what the Buddha said about not relying on his or anyone else's words or teachings. Mm -hmm. Keep an open mind. Question everything. That was that was what we used to say in my days when I was growing up. Question authority. Question everything. We were very rebellious. Um, but you can just keep practicing. Keep meditating and be ready to change. Let your thinking change. Let your understanding change at any moment. You might be surprised. And you might be pleasantly surprised at what happens. So blind faith is comforting, but... Uh, it doesn't really uh, take us along the spiritual path that we're looking to go. Doubt actually frees us, if we admit our doubts, if we admit, admit we don't know, it frees us to find a more authentic answer, a more, more authentic path. So learn more about the teachings too, You know, come to the Zen Center, talk with Colin, talk with other practitioners, um, do a lot of reading. I did so much reading at first because I thought, I don't want to spend my time doing this if it's not real. You
1: know, if there's really not
0: something to it, maybe it's really kooky if I get into it. Um, so I did a lot of reading to try to settle my mind enough that I could then continue my practice and it worked. The precepts, the eightfold path, some of the really basic Buddhist teachings that I think are especially valuable. Uh, the Four Foundations of Mindfulness, you know, go back to the beginning, you don't have to get caught up in a really esoteric description of, uh, I I can't even think of anything right now, (laughs) Mm (laughs) but don't get caught up in it, yeah, Yeah. don't think too much, right, Mm -hmm. Um, and see how these teachings play out in your own life and in your own experience, Um, and this takes time, takes maybe a long time, When I first heard about I don't know, not knowing, there's a koan about not knowing, I thought, wow, I'm supposed to be an expert in my own life. You know, my husband looks to me for trivia answers. Um, In fact, I used to play trivia against my whole family, and I only lost one time. (laughs) So I took great pride in having all the answers. In my work life, I had to have the answers, as you all probably do, too. Bosses don't want to hear, I don't know. Um, So see how not knowing how these doubts play out in your life, maybe it plays out in good ways, maybe bad ways, keeps you from buying that oceanfront property in Arizona, but it also keeps you stuck. Uh, And maybe not only in your practice, you know, maybe you get paralyzed by doubt. Well, how do you deal with that with big decisions? So those are the first two levels of doubt that I thought about. Then there's another level of doubt that in Zen Buddhism is called the great doubt. Think about the, I don't know if you all know what koans are. Koans are stories that um, are designed to kind of shake up what you think is true. The very first one in a very famous collection is, does a dog have Buddha nature or not? Okay, and people, teachers give their students, not so much in our lineage, but in other uh, Buddhist lineages, will give their students a koan to work with. And it may take years in some of these stories for them to suddenly have some awakening as to what this means. And the koan questions are usually something like, what where what is this where do you come from where are you going what is your original face that's a good one right wow that's wild well there is a something i stumbled on uh, online Mm -hmm. by jeff shore it's called great doubt getting stuck and breaking through the real koan and uh, he says, he quotes the teacher Boshan, Boshan in, in Chinese, he's called Hakuin in Japanese. He lived from 1575 to 1630. And he says that these questions, like what is your original face, are actually designed to awaken doubt in our minds about the big things. Um, Suffering, impermanence, and non-self or selflessness. These questions are designed to awaken us to the fact that we don't know. And this is life and death. This is the big matter, the great matter. So Jeff Shore says that the doubts that I've been talking about are nothing like the doubt spoken of in Zen Buddhism. There is good reason to call it great doubt. In an introdu- introductory section to his text, Bo Shen briefly describes the barrier, also called the great matter of life and death, the doubt that arises from it, and how this fundamental religious question differs from ordinary doubt and skepticism. So Bo Shen says, In Zen practice, the essential point is to arouse doubt. The essential point of Buddhism, of meditation practice, our practice, is to arouse doubt. What is doubt? For example, when you were born, where do you come from? You cannot help but remain in doubt about this. When you die, where do you go? Again, you cannot help but remain in doubt. And I say, I was thinking in doubt, instead of in doubt, just saying, you cannot help but remain unknowing or uncertain. Okay, if you don't want to call it doubt, just call it uncertainty, call it not knowing. So Beauchamp says, since you cannot pierce this barrier of life and death, suddenly the doubt, the great doubt, will coalesce right before your eyes. Try to put it down, you cannot. Try to push it away, you cannot. Eventually, this doubt block will be broken through and you'll realize what a worthless notion life and death is. Ha! I love those explanations that the old teachers it's good. As the old worthy said, great doubt, great awakening. Small doubt, small awakening. No doubt, no awakening. And... The word is that from great doubt great faith or great trust arises and i don't really feel like i can handle both doubt and faith in the same talk so maybe my next talk will be on great faith Um, but and some of the sources that i found suggested that great doubt has to come first And from that comes great faith. Others say great faith first and then great doubt. But to me, they're two sides of the same coin. These are, they're relative to each other. So doubt and and faith cannot really be separate. They're different, but they're not separate. Two sides of the same coin. Um, But what I think is the real point for us as Zen practitioners is there's doubt, and there's faith, and there's determination. Great doubt, great faith, great determination. And that's what we need to focus on. We just sit, we just sit with great determination, with intention, with commitment, and we see what happens. Uh, We see it play out in our own lives. So sit with great determination, without doubt, without faith, or with both, just as they arise and as they pass away, Maybe sitting itself is the great doubt awakening because you can call you can call it faith, you can call it confidence, you can call it truth, call it awakening. It's something that we all have to experience for ourselves. We can't take Buddha's word for it or anyone else's word and we have to make the effort. Um,
1: I think I'll stop there. And, uh, are there any questions or comments? Please, Karen. Thank you so much for your talk. It's kind it of takes a person in a lot of directions, and uh, I think about in my own life how at at certain points I was so intellectually oriented in uh, pondering my own doubts about all kinds of I guess you'd call mental uh, worries about truth. Etc. And then, you know, I kind of sank into a teaching career and it seemed to be, you know, I start doubting, can I cope with, you know, a meditation practice and and being in the swirl of emotions of going on campus and all these students and all their problems and, you know, for like a couple of decades, at least that was my big, you know, doubts, all emotional. Then I retire and and grow old, thankfully. And, uh, you know, I I guess I kind of developed some confidence about the intellectual stuff I could get through it, the emotional stuff. Then you get to physical stuff when you're older. And it's like, you know, you think of these commercials with a drug and all these terrible things that can happen to you, some emotional. If you take this drug, so, you know, you get older, you have a couple of chronic conditions, you get on medication, it messes with your mind, your emotions, and you think, then you start doubting, and, and I'm not just saying older people, but other people with chronic conditions when they're younger, too, may be challenged in the same way, and you think, this, this isn't like me anymore, certain aspects, and I doubt. How I'm going to be that determined person using your word as a meditator that I, my ego told me I was for all these, all this time. And so I guess, uh, you know, I don't know where I'm going with this. I hope that uh, the big doubt that pushes you over into another state of mind, that it all, you know finally gets there because it seems like it's just never ending it's always <laughs> something new, you know every stage of my life and, and all the circles kind of intertwine it's not like intellectual you, emotional nature and then you're just stuck with physical it's all one big swirling mass with some things kind of glowing brighter at certain times but anyway thank you so much for helping you're me problem. with thinking about
0: all of that i hope so yeah uh, your doubts change as you go along you know as you say it's never ending it's an evolution in doubt the doubts you have when you're young the worries the anxieties the ones you have about your physical being the ones you have about your loved ones and so forth you know it is this huge, huge mass of doubt as to whether or not we can cope with it. That's one of the things that I hear from what you said. How do, do I have the ability, I doubt that I have the ability to really cope with all this. Uh, So thinking about it all just kind of gets us in a mess sometimes, you know, and that's why we sit, because then we can kind of decompress a bit. I mean, I don't, there's much written about the physical and mental and emotional benefits of just sitting in meditation you know because it does so much to get us out of our traps gets us off the little hamster wheel Uh, and I don't other people I suppose find uh, the same thing in art or music or you know sports but uh, you know I'm here because meditation is what helps me Thank you, Karen. By the way, can everybody hear what Karen is saying when she's speaking? Okay.
1: Yes, please, Lizzie. As you were speaking, I started to get curious about um, what is what is happening? You know, what's the physical experience of doubt? And I appreciate that you kind of differentiated between doubt and not knowing because to me, it feels like what doubt is, is a kind of stoppage, mm-hmm. you know, or a kind of tension that comes up mm-hmm. and moving along, I'm about to hit the tennis shot. of oh, no, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that feels different than not knowing, you know, um, I wonder if there's a shade of fear in doubt, you know, mm-hmm. um,
0: yeah I think that's all yeah thank you yes uh, fear was well anxiety is a kind of fear to me um, because it comes from uh, I mean it's a suffering it's a kind of suffering you know fear is when we're fearful of something we're suffering Um, and fear was one of the things that came up for me with doubt because sometimes doubt means I'm afraid of doing this, or I'm afraid of not doing this. You know, there's doubt whether you should do it or not. And I think your ego is involved in many cases. We, we, none of us want to do the wrong thing, right? Um, we want to do the right thing. And when there's doubt in our minds, uh, our ego is afraid of maybe taking a step. Maybe that's why we get stuck, because our ego doesn't let us
1: act without knowing for sure. Thank you. I, I just wanted to thank you for the talk.